right, Sarah Moya, my longtime friend, black belt, my longtime student. So proud to have you here with me, sitting down with you, get to do podcasts with you, Hello. talk history. First, uh, I mean, you, you would have been one of the first uh, female uh, non-Brazilian black belts, mm -hmm. for sure. You know, you started training when 1990. Ni late 99. 99. Mm -hmm. uh, Pan Am, IBJJF, Pan Am champion. And back in your day, the worlds were always in Brazil. Mm -hmm. So you never got to go to Brazil, right? Mm -hmm. Nope. Before, it's on my bucket list. Okay, well, well, yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and then uh, and then you uh, first first uh, first female to fight in New Mexico, right? Before the Holly Holmes and the mm -hmm. the the Watersons and all that, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, all the all the before they started fighting, right? Before when it was like so underground, right? Everything. It was the wild wild west. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I believe I was the first female. Well, my opponent and I were the first females to fight in a cage. King of the cage. King of the cage. Back in the day, you in my corner. Yeah, you got to Always. fight in Japan. Yeah, got to fight in Japan too, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. That was, those were wild days. Fight internationally too, right? <laughs> well, and it, it was so interesting. Like now, I was thinking about that the day, looking back at it, like that was wild, right? Because that was my very first pro fight and I was the main event. And you had, you know, I, you didn't, but the thing was, is you knew how to coach so well because you didn't tell me any of that because I think you knew <laughs> that I'd be so nervous. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, they didn't send my gloves, so I didn't have anything to practice in. We were thinking it, it was like the Smack Girl rules back in the, the day. Smack Girl was the name of the event, yep. yeah. So it was three minutes, what was it? Two minutes standing, 30 seconds on the ground. Which wasn't good for a jiu-jitsu no. person, right? No, no, Which no, that no. Which that was what you did. No, but it was wild. But they I set it up that way on yeah. purpose, yeah. Whatever, it was experience. You it got to go so to Japan, pay, pay a trip, right, to... Yeah. And we or, were out there for the pride. Where was it at? Osaka? It was in Osaka, and then we flew. So I did the fight. Main event. Had no idea it was the main event until I stepped in the ring to get introduced. <laughs> and they, you know, I didn't speak Japanese. They pushed me up to the front. And then I realized, I look across at my opponent. I was like, what? What? <laughs> and you probably knew all this. And they're like, Whatever, it's, it's another yeah. fight. It yeah, was it great. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But I love that drive. Yeah. Like, I've always loved being around you and people like you that just are driven no matter what you know what I mean because normally like normal people don't do that <laughs> you know and it's just like it takes those people to push you out of your comfort zone get you out of like your little your little life your little shell to be like no the, the world really and is you, your you fought in Japan yeah, right I did you ever go out of the country before that just Mexico a few Mexico, times yeah. to party, you know, thing yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah no yeah, no yeah, uh -uh. I'm, uh -huh. a, I'm a New Mexico small town girl uh-huh but yeah, and we, we, so from Osaka, we flew to Tokyo and that's where we saw the, the Grand Prix Pride fighting. It was incredible. Crazy, right? Oh, it was such a good experience. The, what was the name of the, this, this, um, the, I mean, the big arena, right? The big arena was quiet. There was like, how many people were there? 50,000 people? 40, 50,000 people. Yeah. You could hear a pin drop. People were so respectful. They knew what was going on on the ground. You know, they, they would cheer, but it was just like, you could hear no one was booing. It was so different. It was the one where Quentin Jackson picked up Ricardo Rona, slammed him, <laughs> and then we met Ricardo Knocked Rona. Yeah, in the airport, we airport looking pissed. Yeah, bruised up. We're like, yeah. He got Ricardo Rona got Quentin Jackson in a triangle. Quentin Jackson picked him up over his head mm -hmm. and slammed him down. Oof. 
and then and knocked him out. Yeah, yeah. And then knocked him out and hit him to finish it off. Yeah, oh, it was a, it was pride rules, right? Oh man, you could hit on the ground, you could do whatever. I love it. That was so <laughs> fun just being in the audience. Like it was such a spectacle. Takahiro took care of us, right? Oh uh, the man, the reversal guy, the, the yeah. Isami. Yeah. Do you still keep in touch with him? You know, I, it's, it sucks. Cause I ha- you know, those yet those days I was going to Japan, I went like a, a bunch of times, right? That mm. those those years, but it, after that I kind of after we had, had kids and everything yeah. got disconnected but yeah dang those are fun days yeah yeah it was just fun like you know back then there wasn't a lot of women competing or fighting you didn't make money doing jujitsu at all and it was just like i did it because i loved it i loved that push i loved there was you know there was no really training camps it was like we would just train really hard with each other mostly guys right i had it was it was you and cj, and CJ there was the no girls, girls yeah mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, oh, man, I, me- I messed up, like, before I moved out, you know? Like, because you guys would have been, you know, you guys were the first, one of the first females. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Serious, like, competitors mm-hmm. in, no, like, in anywhere, right? In mm-hmm. the U.S. Yeah, and it was just, it was just fun. Like, like CJ won the Worlds because she went to Brazil and won the World Championship. Yeah. She won the Pans, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody like, did anything on you in those no, days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just, and I just felt like it was the one thing that I knew I was good at, you know? Like, I kind of was just... I was a kid and I was just growing up in New Mexico it's a small town you know you just kind of either get in trouble or you go one way or the other and I found you and I found that and I just like fell in love with it so quick and it was just like oh okay I'm good at something I'm good at this and I just kind of just kept going just rolling with it and hung out with you and all the old school guys you know took me all these you know like local trips we go to Arizona but we had to travel to compete anywhere right like you couldn't in those days, yeah. There was no tournaments in New Mexico. We'd go to California. We'd go to Arizona. We'd go to Vegas for Grappler's Quest every year. So fun. Yeah. And yeah. I, must, I think I feel like almost everybody competed in the gym at that time, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Because it was addicting. Yeah. I think it was addicting. Well, just it was the it was how it was. It was like kind of like Fight Club days in those yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like I, that's what, I, you know, so you committed or even if you weren't a competitor, you committed. Yeah, right? exactly. You just got off <laughs> like there. A, I think of a, like a Cliff Vaz, you know, who was like a p- total professional, but because of how everybody was, it just mm-hmm. made you rise up yeah. to that level. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. You you rose up and you because you're around those people that are really competitive and pushing, you're like, I want to do that too. Like, yeah. I got to get out there. My buddy's doing it. I got to go. And yeah, it was a very special time for sure. I, I miss, I, I get to see some people here that, you know, everyone has families yeah, now and yeah. doing their thing. But I'm like, man, every once in a while, I'll be like, I wonder what happened to Jason. Jason uh, Cordova? Cordova, uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or just those people that just really were there all the time where you're just main training partners that you're sweating and bleeding with and getting beat up and beating up. Like, oh, yeah, it's just, there's just a bond like no other for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you grew up in Santa Fe? Mm-hmm. I grew like up in Santa Fe. Born and raised? Born and raised. Well, I lived in a small town in Madrid, New Mexico. Oh, okay. okay. So I grew up like from about age three to age 12. I lived in Madrid. And so back then, you know, my mom was like total hippie. You know, she, we had no running water. We had an outhouse. So we were raised like literally off the land. You know, she planted tomatoes and all that stuff. But by the time I, you know, was like 11, 12, I was like, I want to go to the city. <laughs> so I moved to Santa Fe with my grandma and then went to school there and, Got in trouble here and there. Kind of didn't have like the best home life. It was kind of wild because my my stepdad was a pretty bad alcoholic, and so we had to kind of leave town, like literally, like flee from the town we we're in to go stay at my grandma's because it got wild. And it was just like I I I look back at it now. I was like, my life was pretty like chaotic in some ways. 
and you know living with my grandma she was my support that's why my name is Moya now because I wanted to do something to honor her like I have my Lucy tattoo that I got after she passed away but yeah she raised us I mean my mom raised us too you know she did her best but she was a working you know she worked at her at a at a Caro's restaurant mm-hmm. for a year yeah, just yeah, raising yeah. four kids and yeah. you know doing her best you have a one Jesse is one yeah. black belt as well right mm-hmm. just Jack Jacques right yeah. and then you have a sister Two sisters. I have two sisters. Two so sisters. Karen's older sister, she lives in Pasadena, and then I have a little sister that lives in Rio Rancho, and she's got her family. Jesse, Jesse Hawkes. He gets so mad if I didn't say Hawkes. Hawkes. The younger sister did jiu-jitsu for a minute. She did. Yeah. yeah, she did. So she did, and actually, she's the reason why my brother started training. Kind of it's so funny. So my sister started training, and I think she hurt her ankle or something, mm. and so she, she like has stepped off. But she had paid for like a year or something. Oh, okay. And you, I think at the time, like let my brother take it over. Yeah. So that's how my brother got started because my sister hurt herself. <laughs> I remember him telling me something like you armbarred him or something. I did. Something oh, like I, that. I used to beat him all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just like, <laughs> like, man, I, this can't happen. <laughs> I, was like, I gotta that was learn this happening. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because you were strong. Seriously. You would always surprise. I mean, it was it was Fight Club days, right? Mm-hmm. You had to train with all the guys. Like, all the guys. Gnarly the guys. dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody, you know, we, we protected, right? But there was, you know, they turned, we turned hard, right? Yeah, oh, days. sure. Yeah, and it was, and I, I kind of preferred that because I knew, like, yeah, the guys would never, you know, beat me up. Like, they would definitely respect me or whatever, but they would go hard. And I kind of, I just really liked that because for me, when I first started jujitsu, I saw the first UFC, or maybe it was the second one. It was actually that picture right there where he's oh. armboring him. Hoist Gracie, yeah. Yes, and he's armboring, I forget the guy's name. De Luca or something. De Luca, like that? yeah. And so that image was burnt in my mind at a young age. And I thought, wow, that is a perfect situation where I could be like assaulted in, right? Like a rape position or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, how is he beating him? I mean, like many people have started from from seeing the early UFCs, but I was like, I want to learn how to do that because I need to defend myself. You know, there's no one going to come and save me. I have to defend myself. And I was a tomboy growing up too, hanging out with my brother and his friends. But yeah, I was like, once I kind of started, I found your school. I think you were a brown belt at the time. Right, actually. Yeah, yeah, when mm-hmm. I moved back from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just, you know, I was there all the time. I was there every day. And then, like, yeah, end of nine, 2000, right? Two, end of 99, 2000. Yeah, I, all I remember is 99. Arlen had a little group that yes. from, because I started like a little group, and then mm-hmm. they kept kind of training in his garage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I missed the garage days, but I started like right after that, and I think you were kind of renting out that place mm-hmm. like for the summer or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the rest is history. And I just, you know, there's been ups and downs since then. But like, thank goodness, I still have my health, and I'm I still gonna train. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. You, um, uh, you know, there's a picture. I don't know if you saw it downstairs. Mm-mm, I didn't. Yeah, it was from like I think 2000 or 2001 when Draculino came down. Okay. And it's you, you're in it. Oh. Okay. See, so you, you know, all the original people, and, and out of the group, it, it's it kind of trips me out because how many black belts are in that picture? It's almost the whole group. <sighs> And like all these like guys went to the UFC, like I think like four four of the guys went to the UFC, four or five guys I think actually, um, um, and uh, yeah yeah wow. it's, it's a trip you know and it's like a little it it's a tiny little spot right that we trained in on Sirius Road yep mm-hmm. tiny little small. school it was like fifteen hundred square feet created champions yeah <laughs> I yeah, love it yeah 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 it's uh. You know, I did a little MMA too, and I think you were the reason for that. I think a lot of people started doing MMA because they saw you doing mm-hmm. it. And I did that the first, so I did the Japan fight, and then I did the King of the Cage. And then, you know, we were 
we were doing the Albuquerque school, I was teaching there a lot, and you were teaching there. And then when I moved to Northern California, I still, I did two more fights there. But it wasn't, it's weird. Yeah, because you helped me open up. We opened up the second school in yes. Albuquerque yes. Right, back in the day. Which yeah. I always remind, I'm like, yeah, we opened up that school, thanks. And you're my, you're my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how many, how many people did we sign up that are black belts now, oh, right? Oh, a lot. Tons. Right? And it we just were there, exploded. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We literally grabbed it, like knocked down the walls, grabbed the place, tiled the place. Yeah. <laughs> Start, oh my God. Yeah. So fun. I'm like, hey, we got it. We, we did an ad on the first Ultimate Fighter, yeah, like a 30 second spot. Do you remember right. that? 30, 30 days free. Mm-hmm. And like, we just blew it out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Me and you. That. That's right. Yeah. We did it though. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. We made it happen. And it, yeah. you know, it's like. And those are still like fight club days. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still like underground, but because. You know, I had fought there in the, in the city and people knew who I was mm-hmm. and we had such already a big network and people were driving up from Albuquerque, which was an hour, one hour away, right? Mm-hmm. Up north to train with me in Santa Fe. It made sense, right? Because yeah. Albuquerque was the big city, had like, how many, like 500,000 people? Yeah, yeah, something like that, probably a little more now, but okay. oh yeah. And yeah. back in, in Santa Fe has like, what, 60,000 people? Mm-hmm. Something and there like was that. there was no there was no just jujitsu schools there yeah, at the time yeah, right? I don't think so yeah. I mean there was like Jacksons but they didn't do the gi or anything and right, it was like right, yeah right. you're like it's got to happen here for yeah, sure yeah 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 so it made sense I remember you called me and I was at work you're like quit your job right now whatever you're doing <laughs> <laughs> come teach me I was like all right all right, let's do all right it. we did it <laughs> yeah this is it man it's just a wild like wild wild west but so fun and I liked it we, that way. We did it, right? Yeah, we did it. We yeah. did like important work, right? We Seriously. help people. No, a lot true. of people. Yeah, it's true. And when you help people, you help yourself too, mm-hmm. right? You oh, feel yeah. good. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like people still like Tammy, Grego, another black belt. She came up to me actually when you were in town last, was just like, It's because of you that I stayed doing jujitsu because she saw another female there, another you know, that was like I think I must have been a purple ball or brown ball at the time when I started teaching her. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, Yeah, now she's this amazing. In Albuquerque, belt. yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you moved, when I moved from New Mexico to L.A., mm-hmm. you moved to Oakland, right, for a I bit? I moved to Oakland, California for a while, for about, I want to say six, seven years, um, and kept training there. I trained, um, it was this guy, Eduardo Hocha, mm-hmm. so it was like mm-hmm. old school mm-hmm. Brazilian jiu-jitsu Grace guy. Maita, Grace yeah. Maita, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I went and um, started, so I was teaching a women's class there, but, it, you know, it didn't really take off, and then I... Uh, was working in Berkeley at this record store right across the street inside a parking garage underneath Jake Shields opened up a gym there so I started training with those guys and Nick and Nate Diaz would come and train and Gil Melendez mm-hmm. so the, all the scrap pack guys so they'd come and train I'm like I'm training with Nick Diaz right now how crazy is this but you know that was a lot of fun too but it was all no gi yeah. so we tried to start the gi a few times but you know they were mostly MMA fighters and we'd go to San Francisco and train at uh, uh, Gil Melendez's gym mm-hmm. and that was fun. So I got a lot. I got really, I feel like my, my nogi got really good at that time. And I was doing a lot of tournaments then, but, and then I actually trained at Caesar Gracie's for a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. But yeah, it was, even though I, you know, I left and I kind of ch- hopped around over there. It was just like your gym was always like the one in Santa Fe and the one in Albuquerque was just my home. And I was always kind of like searching for that when I went out there and I'd get a little bit of that here and there. Cause you always are going to make friends, but it wasn't like, it was when I first started. And so now fast forward, you know. Like your family, right? Yeah, like family, exactly. Yeah. And always, will always be, you know, forever. 
But now, you know, what, 23 years later, I actually found a gym in Albuquerque that's very similar. And cool. I love it for that. It's Invictus. And nice. yeah, it's got that same old school vibe. You know, there's no politics. You come in, you train, you have fun, you help each other. It's great. So I'm nice. like, okay, I found a place where, you know, I, I feel comfortable. I don't feel like I, you know, there's no, it's just the politics, you know, mm -hmm. it gets so crazy sometimes. So yeah, pretty stoked to, to nice. have found that place. Nice. When you were in Oakland, you had, you started a thing called Sweaty, or you were part of Sweaty Betty's, Sweaty Betty's yeah, because yeah. there weren't that many women still training mm -hmm. back in like when was it two thousand seven ish, right? Mm -hmm. It was yeah. like considering like now it's like so many females, so many like competing and mm -hmm. you know you know training, right? Yeah, training, competing, and making it their 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 job, you know, their yeah, job yeah, to, yeah. to to tour basically and and do seminars and and teach and and do tournaments like it's amazing um yeah we started the sweaty betties at eduardo hocha's gym and again it was really small but um these women came in and kind of bumped it up actually it was that kind of after i went to jake shields but they would come around so mm -hmm. we'd kind of like you know have our little sweaty betty sessions like once every few weeks at different schools and we would go like to tahoe and we would just meet other people at other schools and train that way too train in san francisco a lot so now it's i mean and all those girls who started are all black belts now too Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So some of my students who started with me there have their black belts now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then you moved back to Albuquerque. Moved back to Albuquerque. Well, I moved back to Santa Fe and then I quickly realized I don't do I was like, ah, oh, it's too small. I need to move back to Albuquerque. So I moved back there and yeah, I've been there. Been there ever since. So the last ten years. And you've always been into like like death metal, yes. like uh, like you want to talk about it? Sure. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the band from the Bay Area, Dystopia. Shout out. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I've always like I love the music scene. I've loved getting in the mosh pits and metal. Like I started off as like listening to punk rock. My older sister, sister got me really into punk rock. Mm -hmm. And we'd go to shows, and all her friends were in the bands, and we would just like get wild and party, <laughs> and probably got a drink and did a little things I wasn't supposed to at a really young age but you know did all that and yeah I still just love the music I still go to shows I, it was so funny because the other day we were at this um this band Sepultura from Brazil mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um the two brothers kind of broke off and started a new band so I went to the show and there was uh one three two brown belts and another purple belt there from my school we we're all there all rocking out together it was mm -hmm. awesome so it was it's just fun like it's it's kind of Similar to jujitsu, where it's a community of people, you're listening to this like heavy, heavy music just to kind of like, you know, it's good for your mental health. <laughs> I love it. Always will. Right? Agreed. Yeah. You know, you, you know, when I, when I message you, like for us to do a podcast, you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, I get to talk about, you know, addictions and things like that. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, something that you've, you've, mm -hmm. you've dealt with, like, I mean, you're just kind of saying since you were pretty young, right? Yes. You know? So, yeah, I, and what's crazy is that I kind of only started really delving deep into like, you know, I, I've done therapy on and off here and there and I actually work in mental health now. Oh, wow. And yeah, so I work with a lot of people that have addiction. I work with people that have um, uh, schizophrenia, bipolar, things like that. So it's intense, but you know, we make sure they're medicated if they want to be medicated, but it's like an outreach program and it's volunteers. So they kind of, we just help them with what they need. But the reason, the, the way I got into this work is, um, I, when I was young, you know, I started, I was experimenting with drugs and alcohol at a really young age. And, you know, you think it's kind of normal, like to smoke a little weed and drink a little when you're young, but I was like, you know, already doing Coke when I was, 
11 or 12 years 11, old. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, it's normal. Everyone does it, you know, people. But I was always hanging out with like the older kids. And, you know, that kind of led to other things, but later in life. And so I kind of realized I'm like, oh, I've always had like that addictive personality to where like I can't just. It's not that I can't do one drug and then all of a sudden that spirals me out, but I felt like I was always, like, reaching for something outside of me to, like, make myself feel okay. Like, I felt like I need this, like, external thing to give me comfort in myself. And so I started really working with, like, meditation and therapy and just realizing that, no, like, no, like I can be okay with myself, not have to, like, reach for something to kind of numb whatever pain I'm going through. Mm. And I think it was a lot of, of my, like, chaotic upbringing, too, like my, my stepdad and all that stuff but so so years later i had a bad knee injury i don't know if you remember that i remember that so yeah, I injured you my tore knee. your acl I tore my, well, I don't doing know. uh doing that um the basic <sighs> self-defense with the bear hug it was a bear hug escape right you picked the person up and mm-hmm. he was like whatever 300 pounds mm-hmm. then should just... not have picked him up yeah so <laughs> tore everything <laughs> yeah i was like showing off like yeah <laughs> but after that is when and i had always like uh like um painkillers right so it started there and i know this is so many people's story yeah but taking painkillers and then taking painkillers and drinking with the painkillers and then taking more and that not being enough and so this is when i was living in oakland so i hurt oh, my knee okay. i hurt my knee here in, well, when i was in albuquerque and then I moved and I re-injured it doing uh, Muay Thai. So I got kicked in my in my leg and it just tore my knee. Like my left leg was the post and, you know, made it worse. So I just felt like, you know, anytime you're, you get injured, it's, it's depressing. Like you just get bummed out, especially when you're an athlete and you're trying to fight and, and do these things and you just, everything just stops. And I didn't deal with it the healthiest way back then at all. And so I was just taking pills. Um, and then all of a sudden, I was actually in California coaching one of my students, um, and I didn't have any painkillers. I really didn't realize like that I had an addiction at the time. I was like, oh, I just take them for pain. It's fine. But I was buying them off the street. I was totally not getting them from a doctor at this point. And I go to California, didn't have any pills, and all of a sudden I get sick. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I have a fever. What's going on? And I was, I don't know. I just didn't really realize it. I was just very naive. And three days, I just felt awful. I was supposed to go to Disneyland with my sister and her kids because they were there too, and just stay in the hotel room, like just throwing up, um, shaking, cold sweats, just awful. Like the worst flu you could have, but your nerves are like on fire. Mm-hmm. And then I get back, and I knew, like in the back of my head, I knew. I was like, oh, I don't have any pills. Like, what is this? I go to the hospital because I'm just not getting better. And I was like, yeah, I just don't feel good. Like, I hurt my knee really bad. I am just felt awful. And they gave me, like, one Vicodin or something. And I took it. All the symptoms went away. And that's when I was like, oh, shit, I'm addicted to painkillers. And you would think right then I would have gone and got help. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, all the, all the pain went away. All the, like, anxiety, all the sickness I had been dealing with the last three, four days was gone. Because I took that one pill the doctor gave me. So I leave the hospital. And, you know, and I'm hanging out with probably not the best people <laughs> at that time and the addiction just got worse I all of a sudden it was around the time when um the doctors started cutting people off pain meds 
Um, there's a really good documentary if anyone wants to learn uh, know more about this time. It's called The Pharmacist. The Pharmacist. Yes. So he started. I can't remember what platform it's on. He started noticing there was all these pill mills and there was these places where doctors were were just writing scripts for painkillers, getting paid cash. And so you have all these people just addicted to painkillers, not being regulated, you know, just out of control. So they realized I was getting out of hand. Well, instead of getting people help or weaning them off, they just cut people off. So you couldn't find painkillers anywhere. So what's the, what do you do when you don't have painkillers? You switch to heroin. Oh, wow. And that's what I did. And at the time I was living in Oakland, it was easily accessible. It was cheap. You go down to the park and... Yeah, I started snorting it, and then I started injecting it, and yeah, I just went downhill. But it, what was crazy is I was still training. Like, I was still training the whole time. And for me, you know, with addiction, there's a lot of guilt, and there's a lot of shame, and there's a lot of, like, because heroin's, like, the worst drug you could do, right? It's your, like, and there was nobody, like, your family or anybody to watch out for you, right? No, just checking I, on you. No, because I was in Oakland, so they didn't or really me. know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, my You're God. Like, what's going on? Oh. What the <laughs> yeah, no, I was just, you know, I was just out there in Oakland, but I was still training. But then, of course, that became, you know, a lot less. And I was just kind of like sitting at home a lot more, isolating myself completely, just getting high. And pretty soon you're kind of just doing enough to stay not sick, you know. And then I got on methadone to kind wow. of help on the day. So it, it got really bad. And the thing that I struggled with the most is not only am I feeling guilt and shame for being this addict, but I was already like pretty far along in my jujitsu life. Like I was already a higher level belt, you know, like I was already a brown belt at that time. And I was like, you know, you hear these stories about people becoming addicted before and then they find martial arts and they, you know, have all these success stories. But for me, it was like, oh, I was kind of always on this path. It's like I had these two separate lives. Like I had my athletic life and that kind of kept me. I think I, I really believe that that kept me. I guess just on the right path. Yeah. Like good enough to right, exactly. maintaining, maintaining a healthy Healthy yeah. enough, right? Yeah, I think I would have fallen off way harder if I wouldn't have had that because I would always go back to that. And if I was because you're pretty young when you started training jujitsu with me, right? Yeah, to I was 19. 19, 19 yeah. 19, and mm -hmm. I'm 45 now. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it was just so I was just like dealing with that. Like, I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to be like this, you know, higher level jujitsu athlete and people know me as this, but I had this like separate secret life almost that no one really saw. And it got really hard. And, you know, Luckily, thank goodness, I we moved, I moved back to New Mexico. I was still addicted, but I ended up getting help from... Um, so I was going to the methadone clinic in Santa Fe, and then I moved to Albuquerque, was doing methadone. So methadone is like... It's legal, they have methadone clinics, but it kind of acts like heroin almost. So people... There's like this stigma about it too, where it's like if you're on methadone, you're still kind of using in a way mm -hmm. because you're not sober, but it keeps you from using heroin. But, you know, I was still doing both. So finally, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I slowly weaned myself off methadone. I got off heroin, thank goodness, before fentanyl became huge. Like, I kind of got off before fentanyl became like this huge epidemic that it is now because it's it's fentanyls everywhere now you you don't even find heroin in the streets it's all fentanyl and it's way more addictive way cheaper way easier to get so in that time that i was weaning myself off methadone i took a break from work i was just working at this grocery store or whatever and um one of the black boats from gracie baja david lay mm. i don't know if you know him he's he's missing an arm Oh yeah, I yeah, did. yeah. Uh, uh. So he is a um, 
he runs this program called New Mexico Solutions. And I guess he had heard my story because I think I did like an interview with the Sweaty Bettys about it. And um, I kind of, I was taking a break from work and he's like, you know, you'd be a great peer support worker. And I was like, what is that? Like peer support worker. And at my methadone clinic, there was peer support workers and they were like off the stuff. They'd got off everything. I was like, oh my God, how did you guys do it? Like, I need to know what you guys did. And they helped me through it all. Like they helped me told me what to go on my dose down because it's really hard to get off methadone. Like they, they call them liquid handcuffs mm. because you can kind of stay on it for life. Like I know people that'll probably be on it for the rest of their lives because you start tapering off, it has a half life. So you're still like, it's just lasting your body a lot longer than heroin does. And so I, I finally was able to tape, taper off successfully and then start my job at New Mexico Solutions as a peer support worker. Mm. And so I was like, okay, this is kind of my calling now because I know this struggle of addiction and shame and guilt and not really having people that you could lean on for support because you are, you know, ashamed. And so now I kind of just try to talk about, you know, breaking the stigma of it. Like, yes, I can say without being fully embarrassed that I was a heroin addict, you know, for six years of my life and wow. you know maybe it's not as long as some but it was for me it was it was kind of like the culmination of everything I did in my past from all the like you know experimenting with drugs I wanted to get high I wanted to numb all the scary feelings in my heart and you know just leading up to this like okay I'm totally completely numbing myself with heroin and that's not who I am like I don't want to be the person I think if it wasn't for martial arts I don't know if I would have got out of it because I knew who I was before that. I knew that I was a strong, powerful woman who could be successful at something. You know, I wasn't this. And I'm not saying like, if you're an addict, you're like a piece of shit person by any means at all. People struggle. But it's like I knew I could get through it, you know, and I, and I did. And I'm very grateful for all the people I had that supported me at that time. There wasn't many, but there was a few. Um, but yeah, and now I just, I try to help people. I get people to rehabs if they're ready to go. And I always tell people, like I talk to families of, of addicts and they're like, we want them to go. I'm like, I know you do, but they have to be ready. Like you're never going to be ready. My family, once I told my mom, they threw me into rehab. It didn't work. It didn't work. I got out, got high that day. So it's like the person needs to be ready. Just, you know, you can't force anyone to do anything, but Hopefully, you know, just with fentanyl being such a big problem these days, like it's really deadly. I carry Narcan around everywhere I go because you see people in Albuquerque all the time just passed out on the street and, and using it so much that it's and you see like 20 year olds, you know, just completely addicted. So, you know, I'm doing I work on an act team. It's a sort of outreach and we just try to help people. And it's not all with heroin addiction. I mean, we help people with severe mental illness and we help, you know, we bring food boxes to people. Mm -hmm. and, but yeah, I, I love it. I love like being a helper. I love that I can help people because I needed the help. And now I'm like, I'm just trying to give back what I took from people and what I took from myself really. So wow. it's been a journey for sure. Wow. Very yeah. cool, very yeah. cool, very cool work. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just I, I couldn't help think about Breaking Bad TV show out of all the places, right? They choose New Mexico, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like meth, there too. It's either meth or fentanyl. Meth or fentanyl. Those are the like the big ones. Meth and fentanyl. And then like Española, right? The amount of the amount of heroin and stuff mm -hmm. that they have there, northern yeah. northern New Mexico. Yeah, like uh, what's the place before Española? It's like the the heroin. Uh, Chimayo. Yes. Chimayo. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. 
But, you know, it, there's a lot to be said with, you know, our New Mexico is, what, the second poorest state in the country. And so there's struggle. You know, there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of poverty. And you see it firsthand because I work. I don't know if you know where the war zone is. Mm. So it's it's they call it like the international district in Albuquerque. Oh, wow. So I have clients there. I have clients in three different counties. But, you know, there's there's people there's very rural areas of Cal- of uh, New Mexico where they just don't have the funding, they don't have the help, and so we go out there. But in the wars on the international district, there's just so much poverty. There's not a lot of help. There's Is that like the South Valley? It's No, it's more like like central area, like up, um, like you know where all like the sh- like Louisiana, like where all the state names are, okay, basically. Gotcha. Yeah, like that okay. area there. And so uh, South Valley is rough, too. I mean, Albuquerque is just rough, and it's gotten worse. I mean, I know it's gotten worse everywhere with, like, homeless populations and stuff but they're just i don't know i don't really know what the answer is but whatever we're doing now isn't working like you were how how did you said you know like you mentioned it but how did jujitsu like you said you're already good at something mm-hmm. you you had you believed in yourself because mm-hmm. of jujitsu and martial arts mm-hmm. yeah it, I, I like i said i think if i didn't have that background i probably would have od i came close i i OD'd twice, but came out of it. Mm. Um, but I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have had as much like confidence or belief in myself, and would have just thought I was like, "Oh, I guess this is my life now." But because I knew better, I knew that and you're like, better than that. You know, yeah, you're better than that. Yeah, I just knew like I didn't want to go down that road because you know it's just the people you're surrounded by. It's not. Pr- it's not pretty. It's not a pretty life. There's a reason why you do it in private, you know, and that's the thing, too. It's like alcohol is really bad, too. I've seen people, you know, start hallucinating from coming down from alcohol. Like that's more social, right? Like food, anything can be an addiction. But it's like heroin was really dark and it took it it takes people down so fast. And it's like I think I just kind of held on to that. Like like I have this. I put an Instagram post where it's like, man. When I'm doing anything challenging and hard and I'm trying to push through it, I stop and take a breath and I remember who the fuck I am and what the fuck I've been through <laughs> and I get through anything, you know, like no one's going to hurt me more than than what I've done, what how I've hurt myself, you know, so it's like now I'm on this kind of like, you know, I do jujitsu for my mental health for sure. I would like to compete again for sure. I haven't competed in so long and I miss it. I would like to have that challenge for sure, but for the most part, I just want to, you know, I'm 45. I want to start aging gracefully. You know, I want to be able to. They have they have master divisions, right? Yeah, they have the they master do. worlds. They you know, we now. talk about you talked about the Grappa's Quest mm-hmm. back in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Man, like we made it because it's at the main convention center in Las Vegas. You know, it was a, it was like a high school gym or yeah. you know whatever something like that, right? Uh-huh. At the time, you know, and that was like we were so excited. The Tapa guys were there selling yeah. T-shirts out of their trucks, right? Mm-hmm. Out of their cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now it's the main, main uh, convention center, Vegas. You know? Yeah. So that's it's awesome. amazing, you know, yeah. amazing. And it's cool because there's so many ages now that you never stop. You should never stop. It's a lifestyle, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think part of that is like the social aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Be- staying friends, like staying connected to others. Mm-hmm. And we're all doing good things for our bodies and our minds, right? Yeah. Our health. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing where that's when I uh, when I was, you know, first started using, I still tried. I tried to have my like foot in the door, but then I was like, no. And then once I kind of like fought my way back, I'm like, it was there for me. Right. And I always kind of said that, like, 
jujitsu will always be there for me, but I have to be there for it too. I have mm-hmm. to be there for me. Mm-hmm. I have to show up. I have mm-hmm. to go. I can't, you know, make these excuses of like, oh, I'm too tired. I'm too tired. I don't feel good. You know, take a bit. Like I was telling the girls last night in Pasadena. Yeah. It's like, you know, just go. Like, you know, you you have an injury or whatever, just go watch. Show up, yeah. Yeah, be in the community. You know, talk, go out. That's a, that's go a real black belt <laughs> talking right there. Yeah, it's true, though. It, it makes a world of difference. You can stay home and watch Netflix or you can go out and, like, be a part of your community. Put and, your gi on, yeah. like, uh, suit up and, and just show up, be yeah. there. Yeah. Whatever you can do, you can do. Right, exactly. But it's better than being at home and doing yeah. nothing, right? Yeah, exactly. Isolated. I mean, you know, take breaks when you need to, of course. Like, don't push yourself beyond your limit, of course, because I've done that. But show up any way you can. Show up. And I remember, and I kind of, you know, remember you saying that you got really good with, like, your omoplatas and your leg stuff because you had an injured arm, right? Mm-hmm. And I always remember that. I think actually when I hurt my, when I tore my rotator cuff, I was like... You push it that this way, and it's like if this doesn't work, you got your legs. Mm-hmm. You know, if something doesn't work, you oh, there's always a way. You always find a way, and that's with life, right? You find a way to make it because life's too short. Life that's is it. There's always a way, short. right? Yeah, there's, there's always, always a, a solution. Yep, yep, there really is. And you know, I just want those people who kind of are in those dark spaces who don't see that, just know like there's light. There really is. There's there's community. There's people that will support you, but you have to find it. You know, you have to. You have to care about yourself and love yourself enough to be able to to find those people, to be able to kind of, you know, nurture you. Because a lot of times it's not our families, you know. Sometimes it is, and that's awesome, but sometimes we create these families outside of our, our blood, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so grateful. I mean, forever, you know, like, you'll, you're my professor forever. And I just, like, I think of you as like my main men- mentor. I don't know if I've ever told you that. <laughs> You're my mentor. Making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Seriously, like, I just have never, because, you know, I didn't have a, a great dad. I didn't have, like, a father figure in my life. I didn't have, like, even my mom, like, I love her, bless her soul. But, you know, she was raising kids. She was stressed out. She was working, just survival mode, right? So we, I was always taught how to survive, not how to thrive in life. And you were just always like, you know, you just always found a way to get shit done, you know, and I really respect that about you. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I, I, I'm, I'm just so proud that I was so, I was young and you know? I was like, mm-hmm. I was 23, yeah. 23 when I started the gym. That's crazy. Right. So I must have been dang. So maybe I started. OK, so you were 23. So I was 21. Cause you're 47. 47. Yeah. So I was 21. Yeah, I was young. Verbal. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so awesome. It was like perfect. I don't. It was like I don't know. It, it was just such a perfect time. Like I did. I knew what jujitsu was from UFC. It was, I just. Kinda, it, was, it was interesting how we connected. Right, we all of us connected, yeah. and then everybody just showed up. They yeah. just showed up at every right. every class, every class. Yeah. Everybody was there all day, every day. You know, and if you weren't like, where where, where were you? Right, but there, and <laughs> and then went, we went to the tournaments. We went to all the tournaments. Yeah. We, you know, road trips right everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was at a time where it's like. You weren't, I wasn't thinking about, maybe you were at the time, but I wasn't thinking about these big tournaments or I have to get ready for this. I just wanted to show up every day because I enjoyed it, because Mm -hmm. I liked being, it made me feel good. I felt like all my problems went away. Everything that I was dealing with at home or any, like, whether going through relationships or whatever, like, all that shit didn't even matter. You know, you train, you have a good time, you're in a safe environment, and 
dang, man, this is easy. Life is easy. <laughs> it's good for you, right? Hopefully you compensate some of the tack with stuff that I've been doing, right? Oh, compensate, yeah. balance your body out, right? Yeah, ser- yeah. oh, yeah. But it's, it's good for you, right? You're yeah. being... You're, you're doing stuff that's good for your mind, your body, your yeah. spirit, right? It's all, yeah, everything about it is nothing but positive. I'm like, you're never going to feel worse after jujitsu class or after a workout. You're yeah. never going to feel crappy, you know? After you do drugs, you're going to feel crappy. <laughs> a couple hours, you're going to feel crappy, you know? After you eat, like, bad food, you're going to feel crappy. But, yeah, jujitsu is just... And, and that's like where the magic is for me is that it was always there. No matter all the crap I did in my life, all the way I abused my body, it's there. It's, you know, and it's just so big now. There's so many places to train. There's so many different things for everybody, right? UFC being on, you know, on, on the major networks, right? Yeah. Being on ESPN, you're like, yeah. what? It's a yeah. mainstream sport, like what? Yeah. yeah, it's humongous. Like just women in the UFC, it was a trip for me. I'm just like, dang, it's so, oh, I love it. Cause, yeah, it was just like, I'm just finding guys, I guess, this whole time. I'm there's never going to be a girl that's yeah, going yeah. gonna to be able to fight. And now I'm like, these girls downstairs, oh, my God, <laughs> they're so tough. I'm like, yay. Yeah. It's a you know, I, I think of you and I think of CJ and, you know, like just female females in jiu-jitsu. It was always a good place, you know, mm-hmm. for females, you know. It, it was safe, right? It was good. Mm-hmm. It was a, a good place, you know, where yeah. we really treated everybody fair. Nobody was like, we trained hard, right? But everybody's like, we took care of each other, too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and never. It's like a family, you know. Yeah, exactly. I always felt like I was in a room with a bunch of big brothers. I never felt like, you know, like I didn't belong or like it was too tough for me or like like that macho attitude. I never felt that training with that. There's schools where I have felt that at for sure, but I never felt that with with your gyms back mm-hmm. in the day. I, it was just all love, all support. You know, people wanted me to do good, and I don't know if it's because I was a girl and they're just like ah she's doing what guys are doing but you know i think there was really nothing else just growing up as a tomboy i don't think there's anything else that could have compared to what i started doing just because it is it's very male dominated sport i mean nowadays it's not there's a lot more women that do it but it is very aggressive you know it's it's very like it's something that like i don't know i guess I don't even want to say girly girl because girly girls train now too but it's just something like it's like for every it really is for everyone it yeah. really is yeah and yeah. it's and it's like and it's it's awesome for those girls too like smaller women to do it's just like yes please like you know learn how to protect yourself yeah yeah learn how to move your body and how to shift your weight and how to choke someone out like you can do it too you yeah. know don't make yourself a victim yeah that's it yeah not just like that kind of a situation, but just your mindset mm-hmm. and for everything in life, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I like mean, I, I can, like being in bad positions, mm-hmm. staying calm yes. and finding the solution Yes. by staying calm, right? Yeah. Not, yeah. Over, not overreacting. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's so, so mental. The, the, it, it's, it's such a mental, you just get that clarity where, you know, because, I mean, you know, we know this when we go out to a club or whatever, we're not gonna start fights, you know. We're not. We're not gonna. Let's just like no. I'm. You don't have anything to prove. You don't have anything to prove. You can kind of deal with hectic situations a lot easier. You're not gonna react to things that a lot of people will react to because you just you've you've already kind of faced all those things mm-hmm. when you train every day. You yeah. know. Yeah. Getting smothered. You know. Getting smothered by a 200 pound guy. Yeah. I can handle the situation. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. You had mentioned about you know like people have to be ready. Mm-hmm. They have to be ready. 
to you know if they wanna they wanna get help they mm -hmm. wanna they wanna you know you got sent to rehab it didn't work mm -hmm. they have to be ready for the situations right like mm -hmm. they have, or they have to be ready to want to be helped or get better yeah. right yeah. how would jujitsu help how 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 would jujitsu help help somebody trying to get better struggling with addiction mm -hmm. mm. how would that play in what's the perfect you know from you I mean you have a different background because you're already pretty much a black belt mm -hmm. by the time you went mm -hmm. you fell off right mm -hmm. but I mean, I think just moving your body almost. I know it sounds like simple, but just getting that, like getting comfortable with your body and knowing your body mm. and really like ha like it kind of just makes you respect your body a lot mm. more and what you put into your body. So it's like, you know, you could sit there and do whatever to it. But I think getting into any kind of where you're moving your body, like the tack fit, martial mm. arts, yoga, mm. Anything to where you're just, you're sweating and you're moving and you can feel your body working. I think just that alone shifts your mentality a little mm. bit because you're, you're abusing your body when you're using drugs. Like you're abusing it. You're not taking care of it. And Disconnecting so, it. Yeah, exactly. You're so disconnected. And then when you start moving, you start really getting connected to your body and your lungs and your heart beating and, and you're sweating you really start to think, oh God, like, like you know, after a good training, I don't, I want to eat good. I want to drink protein. I don't want to eat crappy food. So I think with that, like I, I, and that's why I like, I work with um, a lot of clients. Like we'll do boxing sometimes. We don't, mm. I haven't incorporated jujitsu yet, but I want to. So we, so before I got into this field that I'm doing now, I was in a program called from addicts to athletes. Interesting. And it was really cool. And I still really want to start getting more involved in this type of work is body movement. You know, it doesn't have to be jujitsu, you know, cause some people are really uncomfortable with being up close. And so you got to get tack fit certified. You got to get I into know, this. I know we need to really talk about that more for sure. Because there's not a lot, a lot of places in New Mexico. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 But okay. just it's knowledge. Right. Yeah. And no. Especially with, you know, all the things you're doing now. Yeah, I do. And yeah. then your background in jujitsu as well. Mm -hmm. No, I, yeah, I would love to. I'm actually going to – I was talking to Monica downstairs. You should uh, stay another weekend. No, I wish I could. This week, though, I'll be here all Kay. week. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's, – it's that body movement. It's, it's being aware because, you know, even like I work with clients – We'll box for a little bit, show them like basic mm -hmm. jab cross, mm -hmm. and they'll be smokers and they'll start breathing hard and they'll be like, dang, my lungs, and they'll start cutting back on cigarettes. You know, just that little bit. You don't have to tell them, they'll just want to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, because instinctually, they feel it. yeah. Right, exactly. So it's just that, yeah. It's, it's, you want to feel better when you train, you want to feel mm -hmm. better. Yeah, it's like, just that body awareness. Like you kind of, you have so much more body awareness when you're moving it, when you're learning these different positions and moving your body in these certain ways that you wouldn't have if you're just kind of sedentary or, you know, just eating crappy food or, or, you know, shooting up or, you know, snorting drugs or whatever like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, and I think that's, that's it. Just getting involved doing it. I mean, it takes a lot. I mean, it took a lot for me. So the, when I started getting off heroin and off methadone i would go to a park because i didn't feel like i was i had no place to train i was really ashamed still i was in this kind of like shame spiral so i would go to a park and i would put like a yoga mat out and i would start doing like drills like i would sit up like a sit-up sweep or i would do like good good posture stance and stuff like that like just move so that because, because my brain remembered and it was so hard to do but i was like no like i need to kind of do this and feel my body start working and because it was shut off for so long 
And doing that really helped me get back in because I was drilling and drilling and drilling by myself. Mm. But it really helped me to be like, okay, no, I can, now I'm ready. So it just took that time to be able to get that, build that confidence up a little bit to be able to kind of finally go back to the gym and, and start training again. But whoo, it was rough. But I think that's it, you know, doing a little bit of movement with your body, getting into like the body awareness, the the mobility, the stretching, all that is going to really kind of shift your focus from like tired of abusing my body. I want to feel good. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Switching up back in the day, what are some names you remember back in, you know, 2000, 2001? Because those are like early days, right? Mm-hmm. Of tournaments and grapples quests. Mm-hmm. And what are some names? Like yeah. big names? Just like people, yeah, just people that you remember, like, you know, just names that matches maybe that you remember. Oh, gosh. Because mm. Jeff Glover wasn't even, he wasn't even, you know, he's probably just yeah, beginning, yeah. right? Blue, he was like a blue belt. Well, I remember Gazi Parman. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever compete against her? I did, yeah. She she triangled me. I was so mad about it. She So the first time we fought, uh, I think it was like, was it a draw? It was, so she... She had her. She beat like a like a Vieira, right? She, you yeah, know, like a, yeah. Yes, I remember like a, yeah. I never got to fight her, but I wanted to beat Gazi so bad because I don't know, uh, yeah. But she, we had our first match. It was Grappler's Quest, and her leg was all tangled up, and I think I popped her hip out on accident. Well, she did it, but she was like, "Yeah, I couldn't walk for like a week." But it was a really close match. And then I fought her again, and she triangled me right away. I was like, "Damn it!" But um, what was the other girl, Erica? Erica Garcia. I remember, yeah, she she was the blue belt the same year as, C- as CJ, right? Yeah. But CJ won it before her the same tournament, the she, Worlds. She yeah. did. Uh, she did MMA too. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those girls, but I don't know, like, yeah, there's so many. What about guy matches? Guy matches. Going down memory lane. God. Remember Jeff Monson? I remember Jeff, <laughs> the Beast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. ADC, multiple time ADCC champion, right? Yeah, he was a beast. Oh, yeah, he was fun to watch. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, drawing a blank. What about Brazilian friends of mine coming through? Oh, my God, those guys. Oh, well, okay. You have to remind me. I remember Gordo. I met him. Okay. Draculino, of course. The Draculino, first. of course. And he's also a metalhead. So we'd always, we would always bond. He's been on stage with the Chrome Eggs. Okay. Yeah, he's there. He is right there, in all his glory. <laughs> <laughs> Love him forever. Um, okay, there was one guy that you brought that actually was like waiting tables at Tomasitas, and I only remember this because him and my grandma had a conversation in Spanish. It was so Balich? cute. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What happened with him? Uh, he's uh, he's like some ex- executive at a big international company now. Is he trained still? Uh, he here and there, here and there. What was that big guy's name? He was so funny. He was like real big, kind of like. But he came to Santa Fe to just snowboard, right? Yeah, yes. like a ski bum. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was fun. I remember he he <laughs> ate McDonald's for like he's like cause it was like ninety nine cents or thirty nine cents or something like that. He's oh like I'm gonna eat McDonald's because in Brazil McDonald's was like it's like better quality I think right. Oh wow. And uh, and uh, so they came, oh twenty nine cents hamburger thirty nine cents so that's he's like I'm just, I'm gonna eat it every meal. Oof. He's like, man, it took me like five years to get rid of that weight. 
because he gained all that weight, right? <laughs> like Dry Clean, I remember came and he's like, man, his pants are like ballerina pants, right? Because <laughs> his legs get all big. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but I don't, I don't remember him. He had a match with Jeff Monson. The the guy was so talented. Yeah. And you know, Jeff Monson was already an ADC champion, a current one. Mm -hmm. And then Valiji was like, I'm gonna put him on his back. And then sure enough, he shot in and he flipped it and did like a like a um, plata like a kind of a crucifix kind of thing uh -huh. and put Jeff Monson on his back. Wow. You know, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Nobody put Jeff Monson on his back. No. And then he's like, I'm going to take him down again. And then, then Jeff Monson tied it up and then ended up winning the match. But, you know, just the fact that and he was gambling. Remember that? The gamble, he was. Uh, do you remember some Valich stories? Kind of. Oh not, God, no, man. no, no, no. No, it was that night before. He's, he was like, man, because he had this like uh, gambling thing and he oh, was playing wow. roulette. Roulette. He's like, I have a system. I have a system. And he's like sweating already. And we're like, man, we got to go home. We got to, you know, go to the hotel, like, you know, rest, right? The tournament's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'll, I'll be there in 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. And then he came back like five in the morning, right? The next morning. Because he was already he, he was that? already sweating, you know, at that time, you know? And there's a, he's like, oh, man, I was doing good. And this Chinese guy came in and oh <laughs> messed God. up my system, you know? <laughs> and I guess he had borrowed like all this money from like uh, Tate's friend, with uh, the big guy, big uh Scotty, I think his name was Scotty. Oh anyway, he borrowed all his money, stayed out till like five in the morning, came back. And then uh, and then he's like, man, he started doing like whatever odd, odd jobs, like security things, different things. And then on his way to the airport, Tomas, remember Tomas? Yeah. Big Tomas. Yeah. And so Tomas was taking him to the airport. He's like, Tomas, so he, he kind of like made, made some money, right? He's like, stop at the, stop at the casino. Mm. Like one of those, you know, small Indian casinos, right? <laughs> think the one on the Felipe, whatever it's called now. San, San the, Felipe. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, he stopped in, and then uh, he's like, let's go to the roulette table. And then and then he's spinning, you know, and he whips out like, I don't know. I mean, we're like kids, right? We're young, and like, he whips out like, I don't know, it was something crazy, like AGs or whatever it was, you know? Boom. Bets it on black, and the thing's like, Tomas is like, what? <laughs> what? And he's like spinning, 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 spinning. Red, black, red, black. Black hits black. Dang. And he makes the money and he's like, Yep. And he goes back to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> you never knew about that story? Gangster. <laughs> you no. never knew about that story? Oh my I knew, God. I remember the first bite. I didn't know he left like that. Yeah, that. like he just whips out like a wad of cash, <laughs> like, you know, hundreds, you know, boom. Damn. He's like, let's go up to this roulette table. And Tomas, are you sure? And like, really? Okay. They go. One hand, boom. I went back to Brazil on top. What a G. What's it, where's he at now? You said he's like I said, executive. he's a, yeah, some executive, you know. He's a family. He's doing good. He's Aww, doing good. So he was training, but he moved to another city okay. outside of Belo Horizonte, you know, mm -hmm. um, where, yeah, like, you know, he grew, I think, grew a lot. Maybe he's in, he's just outside of this, the city, like a little bit outside, I think. Yeah. The last thing I heard. Yeah. yeah, I think about some of those guys. And remember Alexandre? Yeah, that's who I was talking about. That worked at Tomasitas. That's who I He meant. worked at Tomasitas? So. No, no, no. He didn't speak English at the time. Yeah, he spoke Spanish. Did he speak Spanish too? And Portuguese? He speak Portuguese. Okay, so yeah. there was two. So there was Valich, but there was two Valich guys. Valich spoke good English. Yeah, and he was the bigger one. He was the bigger one. Yeah, so there was two guys. Maybe. Alexandre didn't speak. Um, he came right when I came back. Okay. And he's the reason why I live in LA today. Oh, today. so maybe that wasn't. We came to a Hicks and Gracie tournament in 2000. Oh, okay. And he's bugging me to go out like the night before the tournament. Mm -hmm. 
and then he kept he didn't speak English, so he needed me. Yeah. And we we're staying in the Santa Monica, the Third Street Promenade, promenade uh-huh. area. Uh-huh. And he's like, "Come on, man, come on, just just for an hour." He didn't stop all day. You know how I was all I was too serious, you know, all the mm-hmm. time. And then he's like, "Let's go, let's go, let's go, come on, come on, come on." So I went and I met Adit, you know, oh. at the one of the the places, you know, like, cool. uh, like two thousand. Yeah, 23 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's how you met Adit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. And so I'll shine it. I think he's going to be in this week. He's coming really? back. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I'd love to see him. Yeah. I'd love to see him. He's like top dad, Jacques Ray, Marcel Garcia. He's like, you know, top jiu jitsu. His jiu jitsu is still, like, I think one of the best wow. styles of jiu jitsu. That's I'm like amazing. a big fan of his movement and some big submission game off the movement, you know? He didn't care about, he never cared about points. He's kind of small, right? He's like a one weight. I was like a lighter weight. He was a middleweight. Back in the day, okay, okay. but he's back in his, his old weight, you know, Wow. and uh, he had a crazy thing happen to him. You know, he was like a rock star. He was a, you know, like a musician, right? Mm-hmm. Besides that. So when he came back, when he went back from here, from New Mexico, from U.S. to, to Brazil, he got back into the, he focused 100% on the music and growing. He, was, he had a big yeah. band and yeah. they did really well, like, like in the state, you know, but never like nationally and internationally. Okay. But they had some big, big, really big events. Um, perform some really really big like uh, you know um, Black Eyed Peas and Maroon oh, Five wow. some big 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 shows, um, but uh, yeah he was uh, he was living an athletic life and then like you know like going out you know yeah. and so it caught up with him and man he had like maybe like three years ago four years ago um, he couldn't train jujitsu like full on until he started doing tack fit. Oh, and he's like, man, I think I can do ta- I can do jujitsu again. And then he started competing, and then that's when he started coming out coming out here to train. Wait, why couldn't you do jujitsu? Because low, his lower back would be like oh. destroyed. He couldn't walk for a week after. Oh, he wow. got his black belt, and he's like, right, thank, right on, Jack, thanks. You know, he's I'm out. You know, but <laughs> not that he was being disrespectful. Yeah, no, no. It was just he couldn't train oh. because his lower back would bother him, and he couldn't walk for a week after. Oh, dang! And so then he started doing all the tack with stuff. And then he, he was like, I, I can do this again. You know, he's learning about comp, comp, compensation, release intention of the body, started learning like the biomechanics, like just, you know, deeper technique, right? And then, uh, and then he was able to compete and started competing again. Ah. And, um, and then a thing happened uh, when he went to Brazil, one of the things he was training for like a tackle thing. And, uh, you know, he was like still, you know, uh, you know, he's drinking, whatever, just being, you know, he's like, a, he's a badass musician. Yeah. He's so talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's an attorney. I don't know if you knew that. He was an attorney. He's an attorney. And Why does that. it seem like yeah. so many jujitsu guys are attorneys yeah. in Brazil? Yeah. Anyway, he, uh, he, uh, he got tore his heart. Oof. They had to put him under, uh, they had to put him in a coma, like drain all his blood, put him in for 20 minutes. It was crazy. So he has like a scar from his belly button to his neck. Like maybe a few years before that, like they wouldn't have had the surgery, and he, you know, not only did he um, survive that, right, but he's like better than what he was when he was like twenty five, you know, because of all the tackle stuff. Oh, that's incredible! And he's training jujitsu, he's surfing, he's he got put me on a skateboard too, he's skateboarding, you know, just doing everything, you know. He's living like a twenty year old. Yeah, again. yeah, wow, yeah. That's so cool. He's like really, really great for me to be be around because of all the. He's just always trying stuff and moving, right, moving his body, doing stuff. And uh, yeah, man, he's such a he's such a, an example, and he knew what to do because of all the tactical knowledge. Mm-hmm. He knew what to do exactly what to mm-hmm. do, you know. And then of course it never stops. Like jujitsu never stops. Mm-hmm. Like knowledge, you keep learning, keep learning, keep yeah. learning, and it's just like never ending. Never ending. So it's been really really cool to see him, you know, man, be his best. You know, he's like, you know, we're not too far off in age, you know, but he's like, man, he's like the same as he was when he was like twenty five. But no, not 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 the same. He's better. Better. He's better. 
that's incredible. That's like the fountain of youth, right? That's like it that's really is. that's like a testimony and a half, you know. Seriously, because you start aging and things, you know, y- you hear like, oh, like people kind of just give up, right? Mm-hmm. Like it seems like a lot of people are just like, oh, I guess that's what I'm happens. old, this that. But you yeah. get old when you stop moving, and yeah. what you don't use, you yep. lose, mm-hmm. right? So the more you keep those those connections, mm-hmm. the better you feel, the better you are. Yeah, the more energy you have. The younger you feel, the better, you know, the younger you feel, right? Mm-hmm. You feel. You feel phenomenal. Yeah, and people oftentimes will reach for like pharmaceuticals. Right, right, right. Or right. yeah, be, like not move, like sit right. around and yeah. just kind of. I mean, we're be all like, we're all too it? much on our phones and computers mm, oh and God. sitting down too mm-hmm. much, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 everybody, right? What an <laughs> amazing store! That's so inspirational. I love that. So he's gonna be here this week. Yeah, I'll be here this week. <gasps> yeah, I think oh. Wednesday. So you gotta, we guys. Ooh, will, will, I'm coming Wednesday. Yeah, I hope yeah. he remembers me. It's been so of long. Of course he will. Yeah. Of yeah. Course yeah, I would love to see him. That's so cool. I and there's a picture of you. There's a small little picture on the mat in the and mat he's room. In the picture? No, you're in it. Oh, okay. I gotta see uh, that. Like the, our original little group. Oh, I gotta see that. My little sister's in it too. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's family. We're at like, you know, no matter how far we go or what we do in life, like we kind of just met your grandma. Back, got to spend time with your grandmother. With grandma. You got to spend time with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. I have a picture of him when he was young in front of the office there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. All my, uh, yeah, my, at one time we had Jesse, Angela, her two kids, my brother's two kids, all training. <laughs> we have this family picture of all of us in geese. That's it. It's That's incredible. It. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been quite a journey for sure. And I love it. And like you said, it's never ending. It really, it's it. forever. It. I mean, I'm like, it, and I love that about jujitsu is like all these new, new techniques and mm-hmm. and all these young guys, young girls coming up, like mm-hmm. developing all these games. You're like, wow, that's amazing! Mm-hmm. You can move your body like that. Like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Teach me. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm, it. I'm always gonna be a student. That's always, it. always, always. That's no it. matter what, I just want to soak up as much information as I can, and then at the same time help as many people as I can too. Like that's what life's about, right? Like that's we it. give and take and that's a journey and you know yeah. like we got to make the best of it and i want to uh, you know i've already be, i've already done sad i've already done heartbreak i've already done humiliation i've done all these ugly things and you know like i i'm okay with that i'm okay with feeling sad one day but it's like i know what's on the other side of that i know how good life could be too and now i'm in a re- I, can, I can honestly say that i'm in a really good place in life right now and it's because I get a train seriously like it's no joke I'm like if I I gotta get and I don't get as trained tra- train as much as I used to but I gotta get my few days a weekend that I can just to kind of curb with what I do for a living like mm-hmm. if I if I miss one of those days I'm like nope I gotta go this day because I need to really let all that out I need to let all my uh, you know just stress anger aggression you know laugh play play it's all playing you know have fun enjoy it, it. yeah Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah, you're one of my heroes. I'm so proud of you. Thank oh my you. God, uh, I'm so proud to have been part of, you know, you winning like all these tournaments, like really uh, breaking barriers, right? Um, you know, from the Pan Ams, I just remember the Pans. Mm-hmm. She's a championship. Mm-hmm. You coached me through that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but just all the all the other things too. Mm-hmm. Just going against the best of the best mm-hmm. at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, us coming from a small town in New Mexico and like really flexing on everybody, you know, representing, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're like a little crew, and we yeah. just like just hardcore, hardcore. New Mexicans, you can't mess and around with us. And still till today, you know, like so many guys, right? And then Greg Jackson's, right? All the Jackson mm-hmm. guys ended up, you know, 
doing what they did. And, mm -hmm. and, but anyway, going back to you, like I'm just so proud of just everything you've done, and I'm so proud that you used that those those experiences right to become, you know, become better, mm -hmm. and you get to help others through that as well. Yeah, thank so you. I appreciate, yeah, thank appreciate you. you. Forever, forever, forever appreciate you. Just have the deepest respect and admiration and love for you. Love you, Sarah. I Thank love you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. We'll hang out this week. Yes. We'll have a good time. Definitely. Mm -hmm.